I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi everyone and welcome to Pixels, a podcast for the discerning gamer. Hello everyone and welcome back to Pixels. This is a show where we cover the news from the video games industry, from the video games world every couple it of weeks. It is not the Adam Sandler film. I'm devastated. I'm devastated. <laughs> I, I managed to get you on the show by pretending that you would be with a much yeah. more famous person than yeah. I am. Kevin James. I am only Patrick Beja, and but you are the world famous uh, Mark Turpin, also known as Derpster. How's it going, sir? It's going very well, thank you, Patrick. It's uh, we're, we're recording this at the the crack of noon, um, and uh, yeah, it's nice. It's a so good day for me. It's almost one p.m. and I'm starving. Uh, really, you haven't yeah. eaten? I haven't eaten yet. Oh, what so are we're going to do, do you know what a you got very quick you? show. No, no, no. Let's not discuss my lunch. Oh, okay. oh, Let's I discuss video games instead. Okay, okay. For me, they're one and the same. I consume both of them in dangerous quantities. <laughs> I, so, I understand that. And I don't understand my own limits. So I very much am just... <laughs> that explains you know, your, your recent uh, weight gains. Thank you. Um, Thank you. I blame it on a, having a small child. But the truth is, is that... You know, so you have two Jesus now. Week. Do you even have time yeah. to play video games? Oh, Patrick, this is the best thing. And you're going to discover this. Like, mm-hmm. Small babies are the most boring thing you will ever encounter in your life. Okay? And that... They, they don't really do anything. And literally, like, one of the big milestones that you get excited about is them being able to hold their head up straight. <laughs> like, you're like, oh, my, look, 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 she can move her head. You know, and it's like, okay. Um, you know, you don't tend to get excited with any other person you meet when they move their head. When they move their um, head, that's true. But for kids, you know, you've got to put the, the excitement level is, is there. Um, and so they cry, they, they feed, they poop, and they sleep. And they sleep for, like... 15 hours 16 hours a day sort of they spend most of the time sleeping it sounds good and but then you have to take often, care of them for exactly, the rest well, of, for like exactly, eight hours but they're sleeping on you at least mm. that's how mine have always liked some some people are lucky and they can put them down um but my kids they like to fall asleep on me um but so eight i'll be there hours on the sofa. remaining yeah. uh, out mm. of 24 what do you do for those eight those eight hours they're, you can't play feeding, video games so that's normally with the mama okay uh, right. you know uh changing nappies i'm a dab hand at that that doesn't take me long mm-hmm. i'm a you know i'm a master Excellent. Uh, and uh yeah and then then you and then you're doing a bit of interaction and play it's all good but like i said you've got that sleep is throughout the day so mm. it's, it's all the time all right and so yeah, that that's... you can get some solid quality hours of gaming in assuming it's either a mobile game or a console game you cannot pc game in my experience with a child on you 
uh, at least with any form of... Unless you uh, have some sort of strange contraption where you're lying down with the, the screens on top, like on the falling maybe. down from the ceiling yeah, exactly. or something. That could or, work. you know, like when you're, you know, you're on the phone with someone and you just use your shoulder to kind of hold it to your ear. <laughs> well, you, you know, so it could be, you could maybe do that with a child that as well. That could work. Uh, well, but at least in been... my experience, I found that I'm playing more console games now than before. Which is why we uh, are going to be able to talk about Super Mario Odyssey. We're going to talk about uh, Assassin's Creed. Um, mm -hmm. We didn't play Wolfenstein 2. I, I, no, I'll mention I, it I haven't quickly, had a chance to play that. And that's the thing. Yeah. Is you do have to be mindful about what you're playing in front of these small children. Uh, right. That you know, also, they, although I guess, you know, when like they're... Super Baby, when, you haven't got to worry about. Yeah, but it's when fine. You've got, I've got a toddler as well. She's going to be three in January. And mm. uh, she she does... You know, she does watch the screen if I'm playing it. So right. I have to be so mindful. So three, she would be like, Daddy, why is the pregnant lady stabbing Nazis? And you would yeah, be probably. like, exactly. Because Nazis exactly. are bad yeah. people. And I'd say, exactly, um, they deserve it. Yeah. They that, didn't that's... clean their bedroom. That's why. <laughs> Have you cleaned your bedroom? Um, well, you we're better also, get to it. also going to be talking about uh, the Star Wars Battlefront 2 pay-to-win loot box uh, controversy, which has yeah. been blowing up in the past couple of days. Uh, Parry Games Week, we have a lot of things to discuss um, from the past, like, two to three weeks because we were i mean i was at blizzcon and it was super busy and we had the blizzcon episode so we have a lot of um things that we didn't get a chance to discuss including the sony conference from Parry games week the xbox one x is available so you know what let's just get started uh let's start with mario which mm. is an excellent game so but, for okay. people for for people who don't know how the uh, Super Mario Odyssey works. I'm going to go over very quickly the, the core uh, of the game. Basically, you have different kingdoms, which are essentially maps that you have to go through in a somewhat guided way in the for the first time around. Um, you go through it, there is a problem you have to solve in that map. Some monster has done something that uh, upsets the inhabitants. You solve that issue, it takes about, I would say, half an hour per map, and you can then move on um, to another map. And you move on until you've completed all of the map, all of, all of the maps, all of the kingdoms, and then you can go back and collect lots and lots of additional moons, which is Ooh. what you need to uh, power your uh, vessel, which takes you to the different kingdoms. And there are a lot of moons, and there's, there's a lot of stuff to do. more moons than you need, actually, which I like. Yeah. It's not like Korok Seeds or something like that in Zelda. Um, even then, actually saying that, maybe there were more of those than you needed. But anyway, you don't need to collect all of them to, to unlock everything, yeah. which is great. So each moon collection is basically a tiny activity sometimes it's a puzzle like thing sometimes it's a platforming thing sometimes it's, sometimes a, it's just there it's just sometimes there it's you just, just there. jump and, it, and, it, <laughs> like, and you, you get it oh that was a tough one um and the core uh, gameplay mechanic of that game um is uh, of course it's a 3d mario game so in the it's a, a, a in the style of uh, super mario 3 uh 64, uh, Sunshine, Galaxy, and Galaxy 2. And this is the next one. And of course, you've seen this, uh, I'm certain. Uh, Mario can throw his hat, uh, his little cappy companion, which turns mm -hmm. into his hat. And uh, when you do that, it helps with different moves, new moves that you have. And also, it can capture enemies, which give you an entirely different moveset. And you can capture 
I don't know, maybe 50, 60 different enemies and they are uh, in different parts of the world with different things that allow that they allow you to do, um, which you can capture is, a tree. You can, be you can a tree. capture a tree. I didn't see the tree. Maybe yeah, a stump. Yeah, you can be a tree. But, you hmm, can be uh, okay. the Christmas tree. Ah, okay. Try I will it. have to go Again, try that out. Spoilers. You're a tree, but uh, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> so, what do you yeah. think of the game? Like, what you played it a lot? This, uh, yeah, what, exactly. What's it's, your it's, it's a magical sort of joyous. Um, just it feels super authentically fun. Like, there's nothing. Like, it's not getting uh, enjoyment through shock or through uh, gratuitous violence or anything like that. You know, it's, everything is cool and wonderful and magical. And I think magical is kind of the closest way to describe this game in that it's it just feels innocent and fun and just endless in its possibilities. Uh, and it's, yeah, I, I, I love it in terms of, especially for the console it's on, to be able to play that out and about. Uh, it works really well on both perfect. settings. Like if you're mm. uh, outside or if you're on the... Uh, I took it to, to BlizzCon, so I played it a lot on the plane. And now nice. I've been playing it at home and I can't stop getting more moons. Like it's, I've been playing mm. Assassin's Creed a little bit and I enjoy that. But I'm always like, uh, I need more moons. Um, and the, 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 the thing you said is how I've been describing it. The joy is... Uh, for me, the most uh, uh, characteristic, the most important uh, uh, characteristic of that game, the joy it provides you, you know, I'm not really uh, one for nostalgia. Like, I don't like, I don't ever I say used to things be like... Uh, as I, I think I'm not now as much of a fan of nostalgia as I was. Mm. I think I used to, I look back on my nostalgia and I think I was more nostalgic in the past. <laughs> That is very funny. Um, but, <laughs> but I'm not really a, a big, you know, like, oh, when we were kids, like uh, this, this makes me think, feel like I was when I was a kid. Because when I was, I don't have many memories of when I was a child. And when I was a teenager, I was awkward and not very well adjusted. And like, I don't like have a fondness for that period. So I don't have this childlike wonderment uh, fantasy. But with this game, it's the closest I've ever been to feeling, having the sentiment that this is what it feels like to to be happy when you're a child. You know, every new enemy that you capture, it's this wonderful experience of oh this thing can do that and in that world i can do this and it's like you you giggle inside and outside and you're doing the thing that that enemy uh does that that you it's almost like a mario costume for from the other games except you have like 50 and they're a little bit more simple Mm. um and you, you, you get into that enemy and you, you some of them especially, you know, the little uh, octopus uh, octopus that makes you fly and the little, mm-hmm. like, uh, caterpillar and, like, they're, they're just... Goes up. They're just happiness in a uh, controller, you know? And the everything in the design of the game is happy the the little sounds the little animations like that's always been the case with mario but with this one it seems they've gone overboard and like even the thing like everything you capture first of all they all have a hat and that's even that the design of that is just makes you smile and then when you capture them 
Mario inhabits their body, so of course they have a little mustache. So you have like if you inhabit a uh, if you capture a bullet, then the bullet is going to have a mustache. If you capture a fireball, the fireball is going to have a mustache. It's the most mundane thing, but it participates in that uh, package of happiness, you know. And it's I wouldn't say it's as important gaming-wise, as uh, Zelda has been in the beginning of the year, maybe. I think that was a little bit more groundbreaking in the game design. But I think this one is uh, is going to be a game that people remember for a very long time. It's a very memorable experience. It's certainly one of the best, possibly the best 3D Mario game that has ever been created. Yeah. And, um, and, and the way they shower you with... Um, you know, some people are saying, well, the moons are too easy to get, blah, blah, blah. It's it, Some of them are very easy to get, but all of them are an opportunity for you to experience something a little bit different and a little bit more, uh, or not more, but like a different kind of uh, joyful gaming moment. It rewards you for experimenting, which I love. And mm. it feels like there aren't really wrong answers uh, in this game, which yeah, is, that's very which true, is yeah. really nice. It feels rewarding. It feels accessible. And yet uh, it challenges you regardless of your skill level. Um, it's just a very, very, very well-made game. It, it doesn't reinvent gaming, but it feels like it perfects gaming in, you know, for the genres that we're kind of in. Yeah. Um, I love it. I, I honestly, I think it's, um, it's one of those games that I don't think I will necessarily grow tired of. Um, I might 100% it, but I don't think I'd ever find spending time in it uh, not fun. Mm. So, yeah, I, I, I couldn't give it a higher praise for what it is. Ultimately, if you don't like platforming, uh, you probably won't enjoy the game. But yeah, it's still very time, much a, a Mario game. Like you spend, yeah. I, I was a little bit afraid of that that you wouldn't spend, like you would spend too much time playing enemies. But yeah, it's still eighty percent Mario, yeah. right? Yeah, and that's the thing. And it's um, yeah, I just I just think it's uh, uh, just a fantastic experience. That if you have a Switch, you're gonna get it. Um, if you don't have a Switch, Christmas is coming up. You know, maybe you've been good this year. <laughs> Um, it's it's truly uh, a, a magical experience. Yeah, I love it. I would say the gameplay is incredibly deep. Um, some of the things that people have been able to do with that uh, Mario hat throw and jumping on it and catching it, and then like it's it you don't suspect that it's that deep if you haven't seen those. Um, and it's just unless you hate Mario and Zelda then you should probably think be thinking of getting a Switch fairly soon because they're going to be out of stock uh, for this holiday season. Mm. And uh, you you probably want to play that game. I mean, some pe- there are so many games, of course, that you're going to be having other things to play. But um, yeah, that is definitely a recommend uh, for me and I think for most people who have played it. And uh, Nintendo is looking at this and thinking, we're going to sell a lot of consoles. Um, they've revised their forecast for the Switch from 10 million to 14 million. Um, yeah. I believe uh, Terpster is typing on Sorry, his very Googling loud. stuff, uh, very Googling loud. stuff to make sure I'm not saying something dumb. No, it's, you're, you're on the you're on point. 14 right, million, cool. Uh, 14 million units, and 
they <laughs> they're planning to manufacture depending on how well it goes in the beginning of uh, next year uh, but for next calendar uh, fiscal year which starts in April um apparently they're going to manufacture between 25 and 30 million consoles which is insane that's like a that's a lot of consoles yeah that's some steep growth. <laughs> that seems but, like... But, like I said, it's it's solid, solid gameplay on there. There's some other great titles on the Switch, and it is, you know, shaping up. You know, we're getting Skyrim again this uh, this week. Yeah, that's not uh, the one I so, would say is you know. motivating people. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we, we'll, we'll, see, we'll see what comes of it. But I, I yeah. don't think... Um, people will have too much buyer's remorse when it comes around to the Switch. Yeah, it's kind of hard to not like the console. And the great... Uh, uh, asset of that console is that you're going to be playing it at home and uh when you're moving around so if i could get joy cons that would plug into an iphone and i could use that i think i that would probably win for me in terms of having just a device in my pocket plus some accessories Um, that's the only downside of the switch is that it hasn't replaced my phone so i've got two things i need to carry I suppose. And it's also a little bit uh, bigger than a phone. Well, quite a bit bigger. Um, I think we're going to be seeing uh, hardware revisions starting in 2019, uh, maybe 2020. And there's going to be a smaller version of it. There's going to be a, a, you know, different things, I'm guessing. But um, uh, in other Nintendo news, uh, Animal Crossing is coming to mobile. uh, And that's going to be called Animal Crossing Pocket Camp. I'm not a big Animal Crossing fan, so I'm not Super I'm not a huge that, one. But, I'll be honest with mm. you. It's one of those games that I know would suck People me love, in but, mm. too much. I, don't, I just I know I would play far too much of it for the for and still not really be enjoying it as much as I should. Mm. Uh, so yeah, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles Two is coming this uh, December, I believe. So there's another game for those who love uh, Japanese role playing games and. Uh, Capcom mentioned that they have missed the boat on on the Switch. Uh, uh, Namco, I think, said something similar. Basically, everyone is looking at this and saying, all right, we're going to get to it now. Um, The success of the hardware is prompting developers to um, get their teams to work on games. And the first one from, well, not the first one. They have had a couple of small games on the Switch. But Capcom has announced they're going to be making an Ace Attorney for the Switch, which makes sense. Nice. Um, Yep. And yeah, so the future is bright for Nintendo with their Switch, which I think I'm saying this every time I'm I'm talking about them, but uh I did not I wouldn't have uh bet on at the beginning of the year, but I I couldn't be happier that they are finding success and that they're delighting gamers with their console and games. Too right. Too right. Assassin's Creed um Origins Bear was Siwa. <laughs> Siwa. Uh it's Siwa. It is a... I, so, okay, so I'm not going to say what I think, although I might have it at the beginning of the show. Um, Assassin's Creed say? was... <laughs> what I think? Yes, please. Yeah. Um, so the, the, the thing to remember is Assassin's Creed, of course, long-running series. They took a year off last year, so a lot of people were um, hoping that this year's game would be reinventing the formula, kind of. And I was a little bit disappointed to realize that they didn't. It's very much an Assassin's Creed game, set in Egypt, of course. Uh, but before I uh, say what I think, uh, <laughs> Terpster, what do right. you think of that So. Game? 
for me, I haven't enjoyed an assassin since Ezio. Like, all the assassins since Ezio, I've not cared about. You know, Connor, all right, mate, whatever. Go <laughs> go, go, have a fun with yourself. Um, Bayek um, is the first assassin. Like, again, beginning of the game, I thought, really? Ugh. And, like, some of the animations are super kind of flinchy and twitchy. Like, they've got... They're trying to have subtle nuances, but it just kind of is that uncanny valley style weirdness but mm. how far once, along are you in the game i completed it oh so, you finished it okay yeah, yeah once you once you kind of get into the first two three hours of the game uh Bayek really grows on you uh as a character and you start understanding his motivations and he has personality and he's relatable and he is actually fantastically voice acted which can't be said for 99% of the side quest characters um, (laughs) of which all the side quests are basically the same in that you have some impoverished Egyptian uh, complaining about something. Normally it's like tax and they're like, Oh, we're getting taxed a lot. And Bayek's like, all right, I'll see what I can do. AKA the Magi is going to go kill someone. (laughs) So it's like, you know, Oh no, someone's taken my dog. Oh, don't worry. I'll go get your dog back for you. How am I going to get the dog back? Well, I'll go kill the guy who took the dog. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just every single thing is... I mean, I know it's assassins. Okay, we're assassins. Um, right. It's not this negotiator's is creed. No, exactly. You know, it's exactly. assassin's creed. That's what However, they do. everything is resulted by, <laughs> well, I'm going to go kill someone to go do it. Uh, there's a billion side quests. Uh, and the actual main main quest... Uh, regard you know excusing the the need to level up in between is probably about four five hours worth of story content oh is um, that it yeah i'd say so uh, if you bake it down like if you go on a youtube and just watch the story cinematics um so didn't actually do the missions i'd say you're probably talking about kind of three hours so maybe maybe it's closer to sort of nine hours or something like that okay but yeah that sounds more acceptable. the rest of it i've played i think 30 hours in the game because just running around and exploring is one of the most enjoyable things that you'll ever encounter. Once you're in the game, there's no loading between zones. Um, you'll load if you fast travel, but otherwise it's seamless uh, to run from one side of the map to the other. And that is tens of kilometers of in-game travel. Uh, it is stunningly beautiful. I'm playing on a, an Xbox One X uh, on a 4K TV I've got a 65-inch LG uh, OLED HDR 4K TV, a.k.a. All of the acronyms. The dog's balls. Uh, and a.k.a. It, what? Sorry, I didn't get that. The dog's balls. It's oh, the dog's right. dangles. Okay. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's amazing. Uh, and the game just is gorgeous. And the amount of times I've just stopped and just kind of enjoyed the scenery from on top of a, of a, a synchronization point and stuff like that. Um it's beautiful. Just so like the, the fidelity in this game is phenomenal. Mm. Uh, the physics are a bit assassins crazy. So sometimes just like a boat will just drop out the sky and you'd be like, what the hell? <laughs> uh, and you can always pass it off on. It's the animus. It's the animus. Don't worry about it. It's just the animus. Right. Right. Um, the, the, it's all a simulation segments, anyway. And sometimes yeah, exactly. bugs happen. The, the future elements uh, outside the animus are terrible. 
um and they've always been bad and i think ubisoft has just kind of said like oh well they're always bad let's not bother with them rather <laughs> than trying to make them good it's very um, short isn't it like the, exactly um, and it kind of feels a, a waste almost like mm. i get they're trying to advance that story but that story hasn't been fun again since desmond uh from assassin's creed 3 uh you know the end of that not having desmond anymore in those segments just just for me they haven't built a character in there so they're trying to now mm. with lydia um and eh, you know again they, they haven't given it the best opportunity uh it's a small little area to run around and explore it doesn't feel as good as you know you just want to get back into the the actual main yeah, game yeah it, it feels um, like it doesn't really matter anyway like the, yeah. it's such a small part of the entire game at least There's, from what i've yeah. seen so far but so uh, then there's the ship combat have you done any ship combat yet no um i'm about i don't know i would say five six seven hours in maybe six okay. uh, so i i got to uh i just got to alexandria okay cool yeah so have you met aya yes yes so she um, seems like a really cool character she's fantastic yeah. and you get to play as her occasionally figured, yeah. um doing these um these ship things which are very much like if you play Black Flag, it's that same combat again, only you're uh, kind of commanding a uh, a trieme. Um And uh, that's fun, but at the same time, the third or fourth time you get asked to do those sort of things, you're like, oh, okay. Mm. Uh, you know, I'd rather just kind of run around and explore and go and kill someone over a petty thing. Um, so overall, what's your... So overall, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like I said, I think I spent about 30 hours playing the game. And uh, maybe, maybe I'm saying that, maybe I'm underestimating how much of that's main quest. But I feel mm. like more often than not, I'm doing a side quest and uh, I'm, it's still enjoyable, but the side quests are very samey as always in the, uh, you know, so-and-so has a problem. I need to travel to the map, infiltrate an area, kill a person, retrieve someone. So it's very often they've captured someone. So I need to go in, open a cage, carry them out put them on the floor, talk to them, and then ride off and kill someone else. Um, and that's, I'd say, 90% of the quests. It, there's not a huge amount more you can do with that. I mean, I would have liked... So what, the, what have you been doing for 30 hours then? Well, if you're, again, it seems, it's, I mean, it's certainly you've enjoyed the game, Running right? around, exactly. I've enjoyed it, and I the, the, the puzzles aren't that puzzling. There's basically, you'll get to sort of almost like a detective mode where you'll go into an area, and then you'll just basically have to find highlighted objects interact with them and then once you found all of them bayek will be like oh i see there was a struggle here and this person there and they ran off this mm. way in fact let's go over that way um cool new mechanics you've got senyu who's your eagle so you can take control of your eagle and fly around and mark targets and you basically use it like a, a drone so you would kind of go to a, an encampment control your eagle um, tag all of the guards so you knew where they were and then you could you know they're highlighted and you can follow their movements uh, and then you go back to Bayek and use that information there to kind of take out the the encampment so it's it's fun but it's the same fun again and again and again and again which does diminish some of the fun you have mm. um, there's a lot of uh, craftable armor upgrades which are just basically Again, go and kill a load of wild animals. Go and kill a guy carrying some copper. Once you've killed enough of those guys, you can use that to instantly craft up stuff. You don't have to buy items, really, although there are shops in the game. I never found the need 
to buy an item. I always had, you know, discovered or looted an item. Um, the skill point tree is is kind of quite of a web, and you can choose if you want to go more into melee or into range or into utility. Um, but I, I, you know, eventually you just kind of get tell, everything. I can't tell if you like the game. Well, the thing is, I or... do and I don't. I think it's like I said. I think it's the best Assassin's Creed since Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. Um, I think it's uh, a really solid game. It's stunningly beautiful. Like honestly, just phenomenal quality. Uh, yeah, on your in it. on your Xbox One um, X on a 4K HDR exactly. TV, but yeah. that's the thing, yeah. So it's in 4K HDR, mm. and it is a different world um, yeah. that I was I'm blown away by. So, um, so yeah, I but I all in all, like I said, I think I enjoyed the time I spent playing it, but it's far far from the level of enjoyment I think you get from something like Odyssey. Um, mm. It is it's a different kind of game, a different kind of enjoyment. But like I said. F- a huge huge number of flaws yet in and of itself it's still a great experience um i i think so i spent a few hours with it as i said um and initially i was a little bit disappointed that it was just another assassin's creed kind of but i've been very surprised that they've improved so many things that it it you can't really put your finger on it but everything feels better um the combat is i mean for i'm gonna use a shorthand and yes it is a little bit uh dark souls e very just a little bit i mean obviously not in the difficulty but in the way it controls maybe dark souls or monster hunter in that if you use a heavy weapon it's gonna take a certain amount of time to uh bash someone with it and they might uh swing around and if you miss then you're going to be uh, uh vulnerable for a little bit of time that kind of thing um the senu mechanic the eagle or the uh falcon i i suppose is amazing because one thing that isn't really clear uh when you look at it or when it's described is that you can go to senu anytime like literally anytime uh, it's used to mark your targets a lot of the time, but it's also used to explore the environment. You can travel anywhere with Senu. Um, there's a handy GPS feature where you uh, you get on your mount, either a camel or a horse, and you go somewhere uh, automatically, and it just drives. It's basically a level 5 autonomous uh, camel, um, and it just gets you there. And at the same time, you can go to Senu, and you can look at yourself from above. You can go somewhere else. Like you're traveling, it takes a little bit of time. If you have to go somewhere far away and you don't have uh, the uh, fast travel point unlocked yet, you, you send yourself there and then you go explore with Senu in other places. And the map is enormous. Like mm. it's, it is massive. It's surprisingly large and yes there are some wide uh, uh areas of just desert or uh oasis or water but it's not completely empty there are still things to do there and still like the little villages the little the towns are significantly bigger than what you would expect and so you go explore i went to the pyramids of giza at some point just with senu and i was looking around and mm. it's just uh, uh, as you said, it's it's. I mean, I'm playing on PS4, not a PS4 Pro, so it's not 4K, not a super powerful machine. It's still pretty 
good looking, but the surprising thing is the view distance. You mm. you can see so far away, and it gives you a sense of scale that is, I think, pretty unique in the video gaming world. Like I I, I can't remember any other because uh, Egypt uh, uh, on that uh, uh, in that part is pretty flat. Right, and and so you're in the uh, delta of the Nile, and you have um, you can see really far away, and it's uh, it gives you a feeling that you don't usually get in video games, especially since you can go to Senu at any point. Like it, it justifies the that part of the exploration uh, of the game. So everything feels better. It is a. I haven't played many of the Assassin's Creed games. I've played, I think, uh, two for a little bit, and I've completed uh, Unity a few years back. So I'm not a big fan of Assassin's Creed in general, but this one is. It's not like I'm blown away either. It's a. It's. It feels like a good game, a solid Assassin's Creed, um, and the enjoyment of Egypt is definitely there. It's not the most incredible incredible game I've ever played, but I think it's a solid um solid experience. I think I we're think more or less on the, cost, the same. Definitely, exactly. Yeah. I think it's a huge amount of content, albeit a lot of that's the same. Um, but just for sheer uh kind of travelism of yeah. just exploring a, a world that is like super deep. Um and there are some cool things. So they have these um things called hidden papyrus. So you'll find a papyrus and on there it will have a riddle and that will then, if you solve the riddle and find the item, you get rewarded with a weapon. Um, yeah. And it's quite cool in that it'll be like, you know, um, atop the smallest of the three pyramids in Giza, look for the two mushroom-shaped rocks. I lie atop the smaller one, um, gathering moss. Yeah, it's a little and bit so more then, mysterious than this. Yeah. Uh, well, but, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, kind mm-hmm. of. Okay, maybe uh, not. So then, and you go there, you look, you're like, oh, yeah, those rocks look like mushrooms. You go over there, climb up the big one, jump on the small one, and there's a sparkly thing on the ground. You grab it, and now you've got an item. Mm. Um, and so there, there's stuff like that that kind of encourages you to go around. Uh, the the sphinx system, I think, mm-hmm. works. It's not too taxing. It's just what you... It's just, to me, it just feels like... I mean, I very quickly leveled up my health, and that then made the game trivial, I think. Mm. Uh, and I think there are certain things that didn't really matter about upgrading and other things that were like, yeah, you should definitely upgrade. Right. Um, wood is, you know, not attainable in the, in the world. Like you have to, you can only get it from people, uh, and, and objects and stuff. I want to be able to go out and hack away at a tree. Yeah. I was hacking uh, like at a I, tree for, for a long while before yeah, I understood that. Exactly. That wasn't and it's, it's cool wood. to go kill some lions and leopards and get their skins um, but ultimately, once you unlock the perk where you loot on melee, uh, it, it then just becomes so quick. Mm. So I, all I do in Assassin's Creed is I stay on my horse the whole time. Uh, combat is enhanced by the speed and momentum you have. So you just run at something full pace on your horse, swing your sword, and you take them out. Mm. Um, the, so that the, seems like, mm-hmm. a, like a design issue. Um, yeah, maybe exactly, and it it depends. Like, you know, I could play differently, but I just want to cheese it ultimately. So, um, yeah, there's there's other yeah, stuff I, mean, I haven't explored. There's in the Sphinx. There's a load of there's a, like a map in the base of it, um, and apparently there's stone circles around the world. I don't know what happens if you complete all of those stone circles. If there's more stuff there, the kind of forerunner type story isn't really there from what i've encountered like you 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 see 
a bit of it in the base of one of the pyramids in in Giza, but past that, it's still very much more about taking down the order, and a lot of the order you take out quite quickly and easily as well. Mm. It didn't feel too menacing ever. Mm. I was going to ask something, but maybe that's a little bit of a spoiler, so maybe I won't. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, it's a good game, solid game, um, lots of qualities, and the big, uh, the biggest feature is Egypt, I would say, and the exploration. Yeah, and, and that's something that is definitely valuable as a um, you know a feature for a game. It's not it's not something that you say, oh, it's on the side, and it's like it's so well done that I mean, getting in Alexandria was an experience, and it feels the cities are gorgeous. It you know it feels like. Even more than other Assassin's Creed games, it feels like an experience that you can only have in a video game. And an experience that the virtual reconstruction of something that is that didn't exist before, you know? And we're all very much looking forward to that education mode they're going to be putting out in early 2018. Um, I hope it's, it's good. And given the... Um, interest that we have in that in the base game already i think it's going to be um all right let's move on uh very quickly i do want to mention wolfenstein 2 which i didn't get a chance to get to uh you didn't either no. uh, and it's getting really good reviews uh i i want to finish the first one which i never completed before oh, i jump into yeah, it me too yeah yeah and it's a phenomenal experience. The uh, Wolfenstein I always describe as the best HBO special you can play um, <laughs> in that it's got everything you would expect from a fantastic HBO special. You know, it's got the, the violence, the sex, the intrigue, the, the twist, the drama and shock and everything. It's, uh, it's uh, you know, a fantastic, fantastic game. I yeah. really, really loved it. Definitely, definitely a good one. And uh, go past the first mission. Like the first mission in the first one is kind of, it, it doesn't represent what happens afterwards. So, no. and there's there is also a lot a of spoilers level, to be had. Which is really, really, really well done. Um, um, often, often in space levels, they're a bit, um, this does a really, really good space level definitely. in the first Wolfenstein. Um, and there's a lot of spoilers apparently in the second one, so I hope I can stay away from them uh, at least uh, until I play it. And um, yeah, it's it's apparently an excellent game, so we'll get back to it once we have had a chance to play it. And there's DLC coming where you don't play BJ Blazkowicz, which is probably a good thing because we've had a lot of Blazkowicz in our lives until now, and that's good, but we want to see others as well. Uh, I, I, I enjoyed BJ. I thought I thought he was good. Not also, and I obviously enjoy BJ. Um, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I like I like playing as him. He's fun. But yeah, we'll see. I agree. I'm, I'm open to new experiences. Star Wars Battlefront Two yes. is a new experience uh, that you might be interested in having. Um, but the early so the reviews aren't out yet. Uh, the game itself is coming out tomorrow, I believe, but mm -hmm. the fears are apparently were justified and it is uh, riddled with loot boxes uh, that are required in order to... Basically, there's a lot of pay to win in the game and I've addressed this, I believe, a few um, weeks ago when we were talking about loot boxes and my point was... 
for the games that I've played that were sort of uh, cause for worry, namely Shadow of War and Destiny 2, I haven't had a problem with the loot boxes. And I think the fears were very much exaggerated and the yeah. outrage was exaggerated because the loot boxes were absolutely not necessary and did not have a big impact on the game. Well, the I agree here, with you yeah. on that. Okay, thank you. Um, here, it seems like it is very much justified. There is some uh, chicanery happening. Is that the word I'm trying to use to, to find? Chicanery? Like some not very kosher stuff happening with yeah um, I, yeah I, eh, I, maybe I don't know. Um, yeah so for for example uh, apparently the review copies of the game had uh required less credits to unlock uh, uh characters than the final version than the retail version did so the 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 journalists are not having the proper experience uh there was a comment on reddit where someone was complaining that they would have to unlock uh Darth Vader to play him <clears throat> and uh EA's team responded and they got the most uh downvoted uh comment in the history yeah, of reddit time. that that says something um overall my impression now i'm going to have to wait and um and see the reviews and see how it works exactly and they're saying they're going to adjust the prices of heroes but it seems like a like first of all super slimy way of handling it second of all I was saying a few weeks ago, let's wait, let's save our our, our uh, outrage until we actually have an example of something that is deserving of that outrage, that is actually pushing uh, the boundaries of the way uh, loot boxes and pay-to-win work uh, so far that it would be unacceptable. I think we found our candidate. We're <laughs> still waiting uh, we'll to see, see the exactly. reviews. Exactly. Wait, wait and see. I think... Um Aesthetically, the game looks gorgeous. Uh, Gameplay-wise, I think it's pretty solid. What it comes down to is to play those super powerful characters. Um, it requires a lot of currency. Well, it's um, not just the characters. It's also like you can improve your uh, abilities in the game. Like you can uh, lock on enemies more quickly in the dogfights. You can uh, get... Basically, they're now level... Uh, locked behind levels but you get to those levels so fast that you don't have the time to acquire enough credits to buy those uh perks anyway so it comes down to um whether or not you've you've put down enough money on the 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 uh, uh loot boxes on the game itself, yeah. yeah on the game and Ultimately, it's going to level out. Uh, you're going to get, you know, let's say a few weeks from now, everyone's going to be max level. Maybe they're going to have acquired enough credits to, to play at the same level as those that would have yeah, paid. Yeah, there is another but, issue, though, with credits mm. in that currently you get less credits for winning a game quickly than winning a game taking ages. So, wow, so that's like, going to be a problem. <laughs> so it's one of those things where, on one hand, I can understand they're thinking like, okay, well, you know, you only play for five minutes, so you shouldn't get as much. Um, that's and maybe you were playing but... against, uh, you know, kind of a lesser skilled opponents and things like that. But equally, it doesn't encourage you to win quickly. You kind of want to win, but drag it out. It's, I think it's disproportionately more if you win after 
some time has passed. Mm. If But, the balance again, isn't right there, it can be a, a exactly. Problem. I think I think with all these things, it really comes down to you know what are loot boxes, and in many cases, they are a way for computer developers to make revenue throughout the lifetime of a game rather than just at launch. And some people get it better than others in terms of how right they it goes. And we'll just have to see. I've not yet experienced the game, uh, nor its loot boxes and stuff like that, so I, I can't speak about it. Um, but I don't know. I you know I, I so, still give it a go. Yeah, I mean loot boxes. I mean obviously we're big fans of Blizzard, and they've been using loot boxes in in recent months and years. I think the there are you know many different cases. If it's in a free to play game, it's kind of all right, that's fair, you know, whatever. It's a, it's free to play, so even if you're not happy about it, they're going to have to make some money. Um, if it's uh, only cosmetic items, then also I, it's probably uh, something that you have to live with. In the case of... And it's also, if it's a single-player game, uh, usually it's handled correctly, it's okay. In the case of a game you're going to have to pay for, That is uh, also including loot boxes that give you gameplay uh, elements, and it also uh, in it changes the way the multiplayer works. Then there is definitely cause for concern, and the balance has to be very, very carefully created. In this case, mm. there. I mean, again, we're gonna wait for the reviews, but it seems they're pushing it. And it seems uh, they are banking on the popularity of the Star Wars franchise to do things that would otherwise be unacceptable. I mean, it seems they're unacceptable, if I'm being honest. I'm not going to buy the game. Um, I would encourage people to not buy the game until this has been clarified. Because if you remember, again, when we first heard about it, I was like, all right, let's wait for a little bit. The game is in beta. They're going to address it. Let's see what actually happens. Now we're a day away from the release, and unless they change the things in in the amounts of credits you need or the amount of credits you get for playing it, um, what we're seeing here is not just slightly out of balance; it's outrageously out of balance. Meaning that if you want to um, not be crushed by those who spend money, you also have to spend money. Like playing for a very mm. long time uh, is not really going to help you because the I, amount I of time is outrageous. I kind of feel that if the game were free, the loot boxes wouldn't be as bad. But True. to have uh, that on top of a premium priced AAA yeah. title is just that much. It's just too much. Um, you know, because you, there's lots of free-to-play games out there that have you know time accelerants in and stuff like that, and it's it's quite accepted. Like you know, you get stims and boosts and stuff that allow you to gather gold quicker, get more XP, all these sorts of things, or just buy currency, and that's fine because it's like you can either play the game for a long time, or you can you know buy stuff and just enjoy the time you have to play. Um, that in expensive products though, just hasn't really been done properly yet and it's still quite resisted so i think this is one of the things where genuinely if people don't like this sort of you know practice they shouldn't buy the game um because that is how they will measure success on this or not like how well did yeah. it go yeah we got a lot of pushback but we made record sales so actually go for it um will be, think, it just become the norm 
th- there are a couple of things here. Uh, first, I think it is possible to do correctly. I think if you know you get uh, uh, enough credits to get a loot box in a short enough amount of time um, when you're playing the game, uh, you know when it's your game and you enjoy playing it a lot. I think it can work even if it is in a game that you have to pay initially because uh, the the stated goal of EA with this is to not have anyone pay for, you know, DLCs and stuff like that. I think there is a balance to be found even for a game that has loot boxes in multiplayer that affect gameplay, you know, I, yes, it's hard, but I think there would be a balance that could be found. This definitely is not that. Um, the the benefit of not having to pay for DLC is completely negated by the fact that it takes so long to, to get enough credits and that people who pay for stuff are just going to crush you in multiplayer. So... All right, we'll we'll wait for the the reviews to come out, but it seems to me that EA has been uh, pushing it too far. They're, they've they're doing a money grab for a, a license that is that they know the IP is going to be attractive to a lot of people. I think it's a hazardous bet that they're doing because it's a short term gain for long term brand damage that is is going to uh, do them a disservice over the next few months and years. And um, by the way, they're doing it in Need for Speed Payback as well. Um, but the difference is <laughs> Need for Speed Payback doesn't seem to be a very good game. So no one cares. But mm. um, the, yeah, overall, not very happy with this. And uh, it, if, if those numbers are confirmed tomorrow when the game launches and the, uh, the team behind it don't adjust them severely... This is going to be a blemish. It's already a blemish on EA's. And, and you know, it's kind of like, again, EA, they are already the corporate mm. overlord of, of the video gaming world, even more, if that's possible, than Activision. And they are, uh, you know, regarded as the evil... Uh, uh, evil corporation yeah that, it's, that i mean it's to... a dice game but ea's just spent 400 yeah. million buying um what are they called oh uh, the titanfall uh, respawn yeah respawn so yeah. it's not like ea's super hard up for cash um but i i get the i get the thoughts behind it it's just poorly executed so yeah. far so we'll see if they we'll see. decide to amend it um i i don't think they will i think they will put out a public sort of like yeah sorry for this um you know, we still believe the game stands up and is a very enjoyable experience. Mm. Um, and then maybe like a sort of a, a discount code or something like, you know, hey, here you go. Go uh, go buy some loot crates a bit cheaper and uh, maybe hush your mouths. I think it's going to be uh, uh, unless they, they masterfully uh, uh, PR the shit out of this story. I think it's going to derail into something that... Uh, that is going to affect them. I'm sure they're going to be making lots of money with the game and possibly with the loot boxes, although the people who are going to be playing the game because it's Star Wars, I'm not sure they're going to be spending a lot of money on loot boxes, but maybe the people who are quote-unquote real gamers, I, I don't think they're going to be possibly buying the game and certainly not buying loot boxes. I think this is a headache that they are going to have to solve. And even if they don't solve it, it's going to have... a, a 
uh, you know, it's going to create issues for them for the next few months. All right. Um, and I'm not buying a game. I don't think you should buy it either. I'm yeah. getting given one, so... Well, that's that's, isn't that nice being a famous YouTuber? Well, that's the thing. I don't know. I don't know, Patrick. You know, I'm. Uh, they've asked me <laughs> to create a video on it. They're going to pay me, um, so I probably will. Um, and uh, I will be honest, as always. So we'll see if uh, if it goes out. I'm uh, looking forward to watching that so, yeah. uh, that video once <laughs> it is actually produced. Full disclosure: this was paid, and it's the greatest game ever. I love the loot boxes. <laughs> There you go. Um, all right. So Paris Games Week, uh, Sony conference, though that was a, a couple of weeks ago. So we're not going to go into every little tiny detail. Um, but there was a lot of uh, games announced. Guacamele 2, Spelunky 2, Locoroco 2. Those are on the somewhat indie side. There's uh, PlayStation VR games, Farpoint, Sprint Vector. Uh, basically, they're, they're going not super strong on the PlayStation VR, but it's kind of made me want to plug it back in. Basically, set aside 30 minutes to figure out how it gets plugged in. And mm-hmm. then so I can play 30 minutes of the PSVR. Um, I joke, but I think, you know, it's it, they're, they're still um, pushing it enough that they're not abandoning it, if that, that makes sense. And then a bunch of, of bigger games. Um, Ghost of Tsushima, the new game from Sucker Punch, developers of uh, Infamous. Infamous. Um, uh, uh, th- we only had a small... Uh, cinematic type thing, but it's it. The setting is very uh, uh, attractive. It's a samurai game, samurai slash ninja during the invasion of the Tsushima Island by the Mongols, which is a. a I mean, the trailer was really good. Um, more Spider-Man, where, where we saw the narrative uh, aspect of it. Uh, Detroit become human with yet another uh, uh, little vignette of the game, which is a different character altogether, but there's some child abuse going there and very gripping uh, moments. God of War gameplay just a little bit. And then finally, that there's a bunch of other things. I'm sure you can uh, mention the ones you, you liked. But finally, that uh, The Last of Us uh, trailer cinematic, uh, yeah. which was incredibly violent and kind of... Well, I'll let you say what what you thought of the whole thing and what games you you. Uh... So, God of War is the only one that really kind of made me like, oh man, I need to play that now. Um, just because I I really enjoyed that, those games and I'm looking forward to that chapter really of kind mm. of Dad Kratos. Um, it's kind of like okay, I've seen what it is. Just it's coming out in 2018, I think early 2018. Yeah. Just don't show me anymore. Just yeah, I think I'm, the... I'm well, I'm I'm sold. Yeah. That's the thing. I don't know how many people aren't, so you know. I guess they want to keep going with that. Sure. Uh, Last of Us, um, it was cool, but I don't know. I didn't. It didn't feel. It didn't feel like it was. I don't know. It it, it felt a bit uh, shock more than mm. anything else. But yeah, yeah. it it I uh, the way I've heard it described is that it's extremely violent, uh, and it's not earned violence. In in the game, whenever in the first game, when there's violence, it feels like it's justified. Here, it was just kind of here's this shocking thing. You don't know any of the characters, and there you go. Yeah, so and I it might. It, and I'm, I think that's just going to be 
the trailer i i think i don't think they can mess mm. up uh the game because they just literally just have to make the same game again with <laughs> yeah i'll just have the same game again yeah really yeah I agree. um uh, oh by so, the way yeah. just before we move off that uh last of us trailer i personally really liked it um and i love the fact that apparently um ellie's mom it seems like it's her mom um she is so badass i really like that she was she looked buff you know she looked like sarah connor uh even more like almost (laughs) like i don't know she's some kind of wrestler or i don't know she's she she looks like she doesn't take crap from anyone but um yeah so i i i it gave me a look inside the violence of that new chapter not just the violence but even like the different characters and the different uh, factions which intrigued me but i understand the criticism that it didn't feel earned on the violence part i'm i'm such a big fan um i kind of fell into it anyway but uh yeah so that was the last of us for me um anything else that caught your eye um splunky 2 looks cool um but that's about it really yeah that kind um, of stands out in my head at least it was a as while i ago. said uh the ghost of tsushima uh, the ghost of tsushima uh kind of yeah i guess yeah it me. looks cool anything with mongols mm-hmm. you know and samurais uh yeah. two of the best things you know two samurais right. and mongols yeah um Spider-Man. I mean, I'm, I'm, I have high hopes for that game. I, 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 I've just been hurt so many times with Spider-Man games. Like, I, I, maybe, maybe, maybe it's going to be good. Maybe we we have the technology now to make a proper web slinger game. Well, do you like do you like uh, the Batman games? Yes, I think the Batman games are very good. Um, so there you go. Well, You're gonna like the Spider-Man game. It's essentially we'll uh, the same system. We'll see, but we'll see if I feel like Spider-Man. Okay. I don't want to be Batman in a Spider-Man costume. <laughs> I want to feel like Spider-Man. Spider-Man's got yeah. You know, that's the problem. Spider-Man's like super overpowered. Like has ridiculous uh, resistance, strength, agility. Um, you've got spider sense. And that, how does that translate into a game is always a bit, mm, um, the actual act of traveling around and shooting webs and swinging around, the feeling of speed and weight. And I think speed is probably going to be the thing, co- combining that with controllability and how, how easy is it to, so I don't know, it's one of those games I'll need to play and um, we'll see. Okay. Um, well, I'm, I'm very excited for it myself uh they also mentioned that they're not going to have a big announcement at the playstation experience um which is happening in a couple of weeks i think december 9th so almost a month actually uh and that was interesting because it did feel like the the paris games week conference was like wait they they showed a lot of stuff what what why was that Lots of games, and uh, of course, the explanation probably is they wanted to keep the focus on Sony when uh, the Xbox One X was going to be released only a few days later. So that was pretty well played, I would say, by Sony. Um, but yeah, there you go. The All of the announcements from PlayStation Experience were blown at the Paris Games Week conference. We're, we might get some dates. I mean, Spider-Man and God of War are due for dates. So um, hopefully we'll get that and maybe a few more details on Ghost of Tsushima. 
Um, oh, and Sony is also, I mean, the PlayStation 4 is also still selling really well. Their forecast has been increased uh, to 19 million for the year, up from 18. And uh, they should have 79 million consoles uh, installed uh, uh on at by the end of the year we're currently at 67 um for reference not bad, is it? not bad it took the playstation 3 seven years to get to 80 millions so um that's that's a, a good performance by some I mean, the playstation PS4 3 started a little bit won this, slower this but, round hasn't it yeah. this thing playstation 3 suffered against the 360 um but this time the role's been re- reversed um we'll have to see obviously how it carries on against the uh the one x but yeah. Well, so the, the One the X. Pro. Yeah, let, let's talk about that. Um, the One X is available now. Oh, and by the way, Microsoft uh, has stopped manufacturing the Kinect. So pour one out for the uh, two ahead of its ta- time Kinect, which still lives on in our iPhone 10s and uh, uh, Amazon Alexa smart. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they had some of the ideas, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the Xbox One X is available now uh, i think you did talking about uh, paid promotions you did a thing with microsoft I did. didn't you so yeah so i got given one uh, excellent and i uh, i was there for the the xbox launch in the uk uh, where i played shadow of war on it um and so yeah i had a uh, a 1s um and going from a 1s to a 1x uh, externally i went from a white console to a black console but otherwise they look identical <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but the X, which is, is quite a, a f- it's it's quite mm-hmm. a feat of engineering. Yeah, well, I think we mentioned it, but is, it's tiny. It doesn't have the external the power brick that no power was brick enormous again, that I hated. Figure eight cable. Um, the thing is, it is heavy, and it is what well, it's an extra kilogram heavier than the than the S. Mm. And pick it up, and you're like, whoa, hello. Uh, it's it's dense. Well, that's what you pay for. Exactly. Bucks, I, I, I wouldn't so. be surprised if they put lead in it or something like that to make it feel <laughs> like, oh yeah, this. I see why Might it's so be, expensive yeah. now. Yeah. Um, it's it's an impressive uh, console um, in terms of the gaming quality. I hate the UI. Um, I don't like well, the that's UI. That's still update. the same, right? Well, it's, it's the same as the the last Xbox update, um, right. which was I don't know what was that a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just don't like it. I th- I feel like. To get to my games requires more button presses than it should. To play the game I'm playing, you know, literally, this is the lovely thing about consoles now, is, you know, I turn it on with the controller, and then I press A, and then I'm in the game where I was when I turned it off the day before. Um, And that's amazing, like, within seconds to be back in action. Which I Um, think is going to be one of the uh, strong points of the X for people who want... A PC-like quality experience. I mean, obviously, for me, I don't have a 4K TV. Um, I probably am not interested in in that console. Exactly, but... it's it's faster loading times and stuff like that. But honestly, the the value you feel you appreciate it if you have a 4K TV, right? Um, with HDR as well. Like the quality is just a, a country mile different, and it does it does improve the quality of all games. But if they've had that HDR pack, which is a big old download, you know, it's a lot of data to up all the fidelity, the resolution and all the rest. Yeah, um, I think most tech- games are around like 100 gigs or Yeah, something exactly. Like so you get a terabyte drive in there. It's not that many installs. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's gorgeous. Like the game, the gameplay on it is is beautiful. 
stunning. Just it truly is. So um, to but give the you UI, an idea, I think, is just just terrible. To give you an idea, uh, Digital Foundry uh, made a test of, I think, Wolfenstein 2 running on the X and running on a high-end PC at 4K, HDR, all of that. And uh, essentially, I'm going to summarize, but essentially, they don't uh, see a lot of differences between the two, which... Is not considering one lot. costs five hundred quid, exactly. And the other one costs like fifteen hundred. Exactly. Yeah, you know, that's it's, that's it's the a point. Phenomenal quality and value for money. Um, and I mean, my Shadow of War I got on Xbox is also then playable on my PC. Uh, you know, they share. A, you know, I didn't have to buy it twice. I get it, and I can play it on my Windows PC when I'm at work. Cloud save. Get back home. And it syncs, and I'm carrying on on my Xbox. Mm. Um, it's it's a fantastic experience when it works like that because you feel like you've got a huge amount of value for money. It's very flexible. It works around me, and it feels like my games are where I where I am um, without it being uh, kind of like a Nvidia Shield or um, PlayStation Go. You know, it's um it's that lovely now, yeah. now even mm. sorry, um, it's that um, lovely between. So. I think, so it's not a console for everyone. I think for people who want something really powerful uh, and the ease of use of a console, it's definitely uh, something to consider. It is more expensive than the uh, 1S and the PlayStation 4. And the other big issue is that it is the lack of exclusive games. I mean, the that's what we've been saying for a while. Microsoft has... <sighs> no exclusive games anymore i mean you can mention forza and halo and gears of war yeah yeah well i guess tomb raider but the 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 latest one came out for um wait am i saying am i mistaken didn't the the, rise of the tomb raider came out on pc i think yeah but on ps4 uh yeah i think so yeah, it was yeah. just windowed. They're all windowed exclusives. Yeah. So exactly. um they they so, don't have anything that's only except I guess Halo. Yeah, Halo and, and Gears of War. And and, and the thing is But I, I mean, think those they, are also then playable on PC because of Microsoft. Yeah. So But Phil Spencer that has been promoted and Microsoft and he's basically been saying, Hey, we're gonna be buying dev studios and we're gonna be creating exclusive games. Um which is great, but how long is that going to take? So, I mean, th- for me, it's still PlayStation 4 um, because of the exclusive games. If if the Switch has proven anything, it's that the games are going to make your platform. So I'm glad that Microsoft has uh, managed. It seems to me like Satya Nadella, the CEO of Microsoft, was not really interested in the Xbox and so was leaving it to its own devices. And now Phil Spencer has managed to get high enough in the hierarchy that he can influence those decisions. So I'm looking forward to see what's happening, what's going to happen for the Xbox brand in the next, uh, you know, 18 to 24 months. The Xbox One X is certainly a great device for the people who um, want to play games that aren't exclusive to other platforms um, on a a quote-unquote cheap, uh, super powerful PC, kind of. Mm. Um, and it seems like it's selling pretty well. I suspect, it's an HDR however, Blu-ray it's, uh, player as well. So yeah. it's one of the cheapest HDR Blu-ray players you mm. can get, as well as also having everything else. Obviously, you can watch Netflix and Amazon Prime through it, YouTube. Yeah. You can use it as a smart TV, but 
truly to get the value for it you probably already have a tv with all those things integrated anyway bar the blu-ray um and it does it 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 is fantastic if you have the accompanying kit and that's what's going to make it trickier obviously if you're buying an xbox now you might as well buy the x if you already have a 1s or even a one upgrading to the x uh without having the tv i i can't imagine many people doing it yeah so um it's it's a a very interesting device uh not for everyone obviously i think it's going to be uh very popular with some of the uh xbox fan base it's not going to bring in many people from the other uh, uh, camps, kind of. But I don't think that's what they were expecting with it anyway. I don't think anyone at Microsoft is thinking, hey, we're going to get people who... who <laughs> Sony's going to pack up shop after yeah, this exactly. one, boys. Yeah. Um, but it is, I mean, things are, are looking... Uh, the way I, I, I look at all of this is I think Microsoft is on the right path for, you know, Two years down the line Redemption. For, for me yeah. yeah i think exactly i think they they've got the hubris of being the leading console to then suffering uh, a lot of what made the 360 great it wasn't technically better than a ps3 it was just that it was a better experience and had the games yeah um, and sony learned from that and then when the ps4 came out they managed to secure enough good exclusives on top of having a solid console performance um, to beat out the Xbox One, which was a bit lackluster. It was a huge, huge console um, and uh, had the connect, but, you know, had to, yeah, you had all to get of that. that. And, and the, the DRM issues. Yeah, exactly. Which, which by the way, uh, nowadays, imagine Microsoft had had their way when they first announced the Xbox One. We might have been able to sell the games that we buy digitally. Now... Because of the nerd outrage, and that's why I'm so careful with nerd rage, right? <laughs> when when player bases uh, get outraged about something and start hammering it over the head without taking the time to understand the details. And that's why I was so careful with the loot boxes a few weeks ago. The What, what Microsoft was proposing b- back then had... Positive sides and negative sides, but the positive sides were really good, and we'll never get them now because mm. it's the 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 you know the time has passed. Things. I mean, maybe we will down down the line. Maybe I think no. I think early, the precedent's but, been set where people are like, yeah. "Oh, don't do that." People get really yeah. annoyed about that. And and now it's happening. More and more people are buying their games digitally, and you can't lend them, you can't uh, sell them, you can't do anything with them. So anyway. I didn't mean to go back down into that uh, controversy, but yeah, Xbox One X, good machine for those who want it. Uh, Oh, and PUBG is coming to uh, Xbox One. Oh, sorry. Last thing, Microsoft uh, apparently has plans to launch a game streaming service. So just like the, you know, PlayStation Now and stuff like that, it might happen that uh, we don't have any other consoles after the, I think we're going to get another generation, probably around 2020 or so. Uh, PS4, Xbox 2, Xbox yeah, 1000. Maybe. I don't know. Um, what, then, then you think we'll go cloud? Well, the thing is, the diminishing returns on bandwidth are important. Meaning, 
once the bandwidth is good enough to accommodate 1080p or 4K, and we will get there, um, video with enough, uh, with a small enough lag and latency, then once you can do that, you can increase the power of the console on the other hand, on the, uh, I'm sorry, on the other end, uh, exponentially, and it doesn't require a bigger connection. You just have the, the video quality that you would expect. So, I think it might be something that gets uh, pos- that becomes yeah. more possible sometime. So I was in the obviously mid- a huge, huge fan of OnLive. Um, I got to work on that a bit when it came over to the UK, and uh, I played through the entirety of Arkham City on an iPad with a Bluetooth controller, and mm. it was phenomenal, and I loved it. Uh, and for me, in those situations with the circumstance, I had great internet. I had no problems. It was a magical experience. Um, the realities of broadband at the time for a lot of people is they couldn't do that. And then more so, it was the games publishers uh, and iTunes and Apple who all wanted a cut of that revenue through the subscription service and buying games through the platform that just meant there was no margin. It just couldn't work. Right. Um, then, obviously, uh, PlayStation bought Gaikai, which was a similar streaming service, um, but wasn't as robust and didn't really work all that well. Uh, and then they turned that into PlayStation Now. But then they bought on live, um, got all of those patents and stuff, and PlayStation Now became fantastic with what it could do. As it stands at the moment, there's a new company. Uh, well, there's a few new new companies, but there's one called Polystream, um, which uh, they are going more down the route of kind of MMOs and big games that want to do trials and demos where um, they are allowing cloud apps so you can be streaming it on Twitch and then your audience can click a button and then they can play through a web browser interface through the game instantly straight away. So for the big MMOs out there that are, you know, 80 gig downloads, it can turn into just an instant stream so they don't have to worry about the barrier to entry and stuff like that. So Mm. there is still... Uh, kind of R&D going into that space. There's actually a company, uh, a French company called uh, Shadow that -hmm. does that, basically gives you your own Windows instance and you can install whatever you want and it works pretty well if you have the And think of it, exactly, think of it in terms of, you know, kind of phoning up your ISP and being like, yeah, I want a a Titan XP now in terms of graphics card, please. Thank you. Okay, what's that? Ten pounds extra a month? Okay, cool. Yep, thank you. You know, boom! Instantly upgrade your your setup, all on the cloud, all scalable. It it certainly feels like it's the future, and all the stuff we've had so far works. It just doesn't work every time, like having physical products in your hand tends to. Uh, so, as the quality and you know bandwidth and all that increases down the line. Um, yeah, I completely agree. I can only see it as the future, um, mm. and getting to that point where then any device that can get Wi-Fi is a high-end gaming device uh, becomes, you know, a complete game changer for for everything. So, yeah, yeah, cannot wait. Yeah, so it's not surprising Microsoft is looking at this again. They did say they looked at it before it was too expensive and the infrastructure wasn't ready. But you, you have to imagine that within, you know, eight years or so it would be uh, something possible so yeah. mm. uh, so player gnomes battleground is coming to xbox one in december um which we kind of knew already in the preview program there's another uh, aspect to to pubg though uh it's going to be released quote unquote on pc by the end of the year uh, meaning it re- it will reach uh 1.0 uh available yeah. status 
which is a really interesting uh, press slash sales slash developer slash publisher dynamic because very clearly this is a way for Bluehole, the publisher for PUBG, to say to be able to say the game has been released in 2017 and so it is eligible for the game of the year awards which uh, they want. maybe i'm certain of it because it, imagine it's uh, it, it gets released uh early 2018 the hype has passed they, you know, it, it gets released in February or March. It's it's done. It, it it's written. I, I, I just that, don't think that it's buzz. that big a deal for them. Like they've they've got oh, a game that is the highest concurrency on PC ever. This is a game that was made out of Unity assets. You know, this is going onto the Unity asset store, pulling a load of stuff together and kind of jury rigging something that somehow struck gold. You know, it was uh, you know a phenomenal. Yeah, they sold thirty you know, million, I think, something like that. Line. Exactly. So I think when you've 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 made your money, you want to get that game out of early access, so then you can start moving on to charging that player base for more stuff down the line. They've got the paid for loot crates, but they could do you know map packs or other stuff. Uh, there'd be further ways to monetize that audience, and that I think would be the bigger push of getting out of early access. Is oh, saying, but boom, the thing okay. is, the thing is, they're going to be getting it out by the end of December. You don't push for a release at the end, you know, in the holiday season. You don't push for a release like at the end of the Maybe. month of December yeah. if you're yeah. not looking for, I really think so. They could, you know, they could easily, yes, I'm sure they're eager to to be pushing more, um, you know, sales to, to their existing audience. But they could do that in January or February, you know. It's not going to change a, a lot if it's a, a month later. So... I mean that's that's the way I see it. Maybe I'm wrong, but I know it's giving a, a big headache to many uh, uh, websites and magazines because they're like, "All right, so our game of the year things discussions are going to be done by mid December. Do we assume uh, PUBG will be out, or do we give it something because it's going to get tons of game of the year awards? But do do we give them?" conditionally because it was just in preview before in early access and if it actually ends up being released then it gets a game See, of I the would year like, look, if it's uh you know if it's worthy of winning now and it's quote unquote early access give it the award it doesn't matter what the tag is on it you know it's it's one of those things of like oh it's not that good we're not going to give it game of the year and it's not out you know so that's fine we expect there to be further development to it but I think if people want to give it the award, they'll give it the award either way. I agree. The problem is it becomes a, a thing on, of principle. You don't give an award to a game uh, that is in early access because you don't know how it's... It's kind of um, giving an award on a preview or on a review copy that you got as press. Um it's difficult because then you don't know how it's actually going to perform once mm -hmm. it's released. So... For PUBG, it's probably not going to change all that much, so people can have a, a pretty accurate idea of what the game is and how it's going to perform anyway. But it's kind of a principle thing where you don't do that because it's not 100% accurate. But yeah, I, in the case of PUBG, it's probably safe to judge it on the state it is uh, in now. But it's still a, it's still a headache for people. Um, they've also announced they're going to be doing a, uh, an MMO that's uh, Blue Hole, an yeah. over-the-top steampunk MMO, according to uh, Polygon. 
So they're, they're, I don't know what that's going to be like, but um, I don't know. It's the kind of thing where uh, that game probably would not have gotten half the press it's getting um, if it wasn't a... Um, if it wasn't by Blue Hole that made... Well, yeah, I think, you know, Blue Hole's uh, done MMOs before. Mm-hmm. Um, that's actually what they're kind of more known for. Um, but, you know, Player Unknown is just something they kind of picked up. So I don't think... Um, I think this is, you know, less shocking in that this yeah. is actually what they do. It's what they do, so, right? Yeah. Um, what else? Oh, and uh, Warface, the Crytek game, is going to have a Battle Royale mode. Um, hey, Call of Duty World War II is out as well. Mm-hmm. Um, some people don't like it. It's an easy game not to like, but uh, it's also apparently Call of Duty, and it's a better yeah. Call of Duty than maybe the last couple um, one of the yeah. reviewers I really enjoy, or uh, YouTubers, um, Skill Up from Australia, I believe, um, is basically saying it's easy to hate, but honestly, when you look at the single player experience, which that's what most people buy it for, it's people who just buy two or three games a year, um, it's over the top, it's got set piece moments that are incredible, and uh, it's Call of Duty, and it's a pretty good call of duty if that's what you're looking for super cinematic uh the gameplay is pretty good um weapon balance isn't a hundred percent there in my experience with Mm. it i found like apparently there are issues with the the multiplayer with the spawning uh things where you can randomly spawn in front of someone that's going to yeah i mean that's that's always been call of duty's issue mm. with how they tackle More in that this one, though, yeah. um and then there's a lot of animation bugs that are funny uh so you'll see a lot of your teammate uh sat down in a in a seated position uh like they're driving around like a car just because <laughs> they can well, happens, if you yeah. do it right and stuff like that um so yeah it's 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 a i think it's a good game you know i think it's uh one of those games that if you like call of duty you'll love this game uh, because I think it's one of the best Call of Duties in a long while. Um, Are you talking not, not single player be- or multiplayer? Both. Okay. Um, but um, at the same time, you know, it is as with a lot of games, you know, kind of almost like Assassin's Creed, there is a bit of sort of you judge it based on the franchise. So it's like, you know, what have they done different? You don't take it in isolation in terms of what is special about this game. You kind of think, like, have they uh, kind of yeah, corrected on the previous issues of the franchise? So with Assassin's Creed, it's always been diversity of missions. And no, they haven't. Uh, but is it a good game? Yes, it's phenomenal. Uh, and I think that, you know, Call of Duty is cinematic. When you play it as single player, it is cinematic through and through. It's a, it's a blockbuster in every sense. Um, so you know will you enjoy it yeah will you be proud about enjoying it no it's not it's, <laughs> it's like it's like coming out saying oh yeah i was a big fan of the last transformers film you know no one was <laughs> uh but evidently you were and i can't it still made a ridiculous amount of money it makes no sense no one go and see the knights of the fallen whatever it is the transform is terrible film sorry anyway did it a- make a lot of money yeah, it made a huge amount of money. And it, it baffles me. I don't know how, because it was a China, terrible film probably. that made no sense. But, like, zero sense. It's almost is- like they went in and reshot scenes to make them make less sense. Um, <laughs> it's 
it's just it's ah uh, 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 I feel I feel like I had a brain aneurysm watching it uh, and just <laughs> just in just it baffled as to how uh, people could make a film that bad and that much money went into it and just it's just terrible in every way in every single way um, and yet you know is it yeah. and it's really long as well yeah. it's like two and a, anyway sorry this isn't what this show's about. Don't um, see that film, please. All right, I didn't, and I'm it's too late. Most people have. Won't, yeah, um, yeah. EA is shutting down uh, Visceral Games. That's also a story from two or three weeks ago. Um, mm. That was the the studio. Uh, first of all, they developed Dead Space exactly, and they were developing the Star Wars narrative game, basically the Uncharted Star Wars um, that Amy Henning was yeah. hired to do. It was surprising because it's a Star Wars game uh, developed by a studio that has a proven record on being at least very competent, if not uh, very talented. And they just shut it down and they're completely rethinking the Star Wars game in what seems to be a somewhat concerning uh, way because their phrasing is essentially what they're doing is they want to make it a game as a service they had a long narrative experience and mm. they're saying they want to do something that is more in line with the current market's expectations for uh, long-term um, servicing of a game and um, I love narrative experiences it's not like they're completely going away but there's certainly a sentiment that they're not as profitable as games once were, and um, the the price of game of games hasn't increased in a long time, and yet the uh, cost of developing games has increased. So the entire industry is moving. That's why we're seeing. Well, yeah, I mean, that's why we're seeing loot crates yeah. and stuff like that, and also because developers like money and publishers like money, obviously. Mm-hmm. So they're but. Still, it it saddens me that a project like Star Wars with Amy Henning and Visceral Games and EA was was marred. There was a a, a lot of uh, excellent reporting done. I think it was Kotaku that did a piece. That studio was troubled, and people were feeling the end uh, for mm. a long time. And they were pulled to to help on other games a few times, and the game itself was not very well defined and so it, it's not like ea just pulled the plug on a great project that was just uh you know months from actually coming out but still it saddens me yeah uh telltale uh is laying off 20 percent of their workforce mm. that's like 90 sad people, i think isn't it yeah yeah almost 100 um it's really sad but I do feel for the uh, for the employees that are losing their jobs. That sucks. But Telltale had to do something about their uh, the way they were doing things. They were churning out games like they got a million different licenses. They were making the same game over and over again yeah. with good writing. Well, sometimes good, well, sometimes average. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah an engine that was in dire need of updating that they didn't update. Basically, it looks like Telltale management took a step back and said, all right, what are we doing, guys? The The party is over. Uh, let's rethink how we're uh, uh, moving going forward so that we don't have to do something more drastic maybe in a few years. So, um, 
yeah, I'd say it's probably something that was that was coming. Uh, and given how they grew in the past few years with the Walking Dead uh, Telltale game, the way it yeah. exploded and how they evolved, Batman and yeah. all the other stuff they did. But it's yeah, it was their their plan was to license that Telltale story engine, you know, and, and make more of those adventures. But I think they've just found the the saturation point, really. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you've mentioned uh, EA has also bought uh, Respawn Entertainment. Yeah. Which is kind of ironic. I mean, it's ironic because uh, Vince Ampella and the team used to be at um, at uh, uh, Infinity Ward, which they founded when they left 2015 uh, Inc., which was developing Medal of Honor for EA. So... They left uh, EA for Activision, left Activision angry. They left EA angry for Activision, left Activision angry for EA again, and now they, they're being purchased by EA. Makes sense. Um, they, I mean, Titanfall was already being published by EA, um, and they Respawn has not known enough success to stay independent, and they're a, a very talented company. I think they're working on a Star Wars game as well, right? Maybe I can't remember. Yeah, I thought they were. Mm. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So I mean, makes sense. I worry a little bit for their independence. I mean, clearly they're not going to be independent anymore. And EA has a reputation for putting developer studios, you know, bringing them in the backyard and shooting them in the head. But uh, hopefully that won't happen with Respawn. Oh yeah, I'm sure it won't. It only happens every time. But this time would be different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what else? A couple of, of weird uh, news items. First, Noctis from Final Fantasy XV is coming to uh, Tekken 7, which the Venn diagram of those, uh, uh, the fans of both of those franchises, I feel outside of Japan is probably, uh, uh, you know, five people that are very happy right now, but probably not uh, pleasing a lot of people, I would say. Um, and then the Razer phone to conclude this episode. Um, basically, Razer is making a phone which is top of the line, super powerful, like best CPU, GPU, super good mm. camera, super Huge amount good of RAM, eight, battery eight gig. life. 8 gigs of RAM, that's ridiculous. 120 frame per second screen. Yeah. Um, they've, they've built it as a gaming phone. Right. And so they're trying to make it, you know, what the gamers want. Um, it's got kind of stock Android on it that will get Oreo update in the new year. Um, yeah, really, really nice looking phone. So it's just one of those things that, you know, are people going to buy it? Exactly. You know, do gamers which, want a gaming phone or do to, you want a phone phone? To bring it back to what we were saying at the beginning uh, of the show, um, you're someone who plays on your phone quite a bit, right? Yeah, Given your, all the time. your yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, family situation. Are you interested in that phone? Um, I'll, I'll, I, I'm going to tinker with one. We're going to get sent one for review and stuff. I'll see what it's like. Um, I don't think so, um, but I don't know. Currently, I'm on a Pixel. I've got a. I've, I'm ordering uh, an iPhone 10. So I'll see. You know, if I get it and I think it's nice, maybe I'll try and sell the iPhone 10. I don't know. Oh, yeah, you I'm going to go for- back to iOS. For the but price of know. an iPhone 10, you could get two Razer phones. It's uh, only exactly. 700 Exactly. I mean, that's the thing. It's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's an affordable uh, phone for what it is. It just comes down to, you know, what's the, it's the first iteration. Do you want to get a Gen 1 phone? I've just come off a Pixel. 
Um, it feels very much like a generation one phone. Right. Uh, Pixel two, I'm sure is, you know, improved on a lot of the gripes that I have with it, but you know, it's tricky to kind of start in this, uh, in this world. All right. Well, uh, I guess we'll have to keep an eye on, uh, the Yogscast channels. To, yeah, to maybe. I don't know where we're going to put it yet. Okay. But yeah, we'll see We'll see what we get sent and uh, where we think it works. But yeah. So that and a uh, Battlefield, Battle, Battlefront 2 video will, will also uh, uh, potentially be coming out there. Um, what else can we find on your YouTube channels and what do you do on the internet? Oh, on the internet. Uh, so at the moment, um, I'm playing a lot of Cave Blazers, which is our game. So we made a, a, a game... <laughs> Uh, with a developer called Cave Blazers. Uh, we just had our big first update. Um, so we introduced local co-op so you can blaze through the caves with a friend. Uh, and it genuinely makes the game, you know, infinitely more enjoyable. Um, and there's daily runs in that. So at the moment on my channel, you're going to see me and the developer Will uh, playing the game pretty badly. Um, <laughs> mainly me, surprisingly, uh, for the next uh, few days. Uh, and uh, yeah, just just busy playing games we've got our big charity months coming up in december so getting ready for all of that it's a huge amount of work sadly that uh, gets left to me um but <laughs> it's know, for charity it's it's, it's for okay. charity exactly so that's fine that's that's great it also means obviously i don't have to do any of my other work responsibilities because charity means that they are just magically disappeared so <laughs> uh yeah uh but anyway it's uh it's certainly uh, a good time uh to to tune in during december so that's over on uh humble bundle and on twitch for that so we've got a big old bundle of games that i've been assembling with uh yeah lots and lots of different games in there probably around about 65 maybe 70 different items in the bundle so hopefully wow. huge huge value for money and uh all of that going to uh charity so excited excellent All right, cool. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, you are the underscore T on Twitter. So yep. you, I will include this in the um, show notes and you can go to that Twitter account to find out more. I am uh, Patrick Beja, not Patrick on Twitter and on Facebook. You can also find this uh, show at frenchspin.com. You can uh, comment over there. You can also leave a review on iTunes if you so wish, just like Spencer HD, which uh, is a fun bloke I spent a little bit of time with at uh, BlizzCon. He says... Fun show, great discussion. I just started listening recently, finally taking the time to leave a review. Really enjoy the educated discussion. Well, obviously, it wasn't this episode he was referring to. And hearing different opinions about games and the gaming industry. Music is great. Props to, props to Daniel. Keep up the good work, Spencer. Thank you, Spencer. If you want to leave a review as well, it would help a lot. It helps with visibility on iTunes. So you can do that on iTunes or really on any uh, podcast catalog you use. We will be back in a couple of weeks with another uh, bunch of news and reviews. And until then, I hope you have a wonderful time. Go play Mario. Bye. Bye.
the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.